0: Hello, I'm Sister Catherine Herms, and I don't know about you, I'm still meditating on the mystery of Easter, but from the perspective of the hearts and the souls of the people most immediately affected by what had happened to Jesus. And those of course are his apostles and the disciples those to whom he appeared after his resurrection, but those who had suffered the devastation of losing him on Calvary. And on top of that, knowing that they had not been there for him at the moment of his greatest need, or had even betrayed him in a sense, as had St. Peter. So I'm thinking of of Easter, but the line that's ringing through my heart is actually one of my favorite antiphons from the season of Advent. That That Advent antiphon is, Lord, make us turn to you. Let us see your face and we shall be saved. Lord, make us turn to you. Let us see your face, and we shall be saved. These are are words of longing, and they're they're haunting words that reflect prayers and um, desires, pleas almost, to God all throughout those years before the birth of Christ. We find these words in Exodus from Moses, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. And in Numbers, may the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. There are several uh, Psalms that reflect this. Um, Many ask, who can show us the good Shine the light of your face upon us, O Lord. And again, make your face shine on your servant. Save me by your loving devotion. May God be gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. Restore us, O Lord, God of hosts. Cause your face to shine upon us that we may be saved. In Lamentations we read, Restore us to yourself, O Lord, so we may return. Renew our days as of hold. And finally in Daniel, So now our God Hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, O Lord, cause your face to shine upon your desolate sanctuary. We can see some phrases that appear in almost every one of these citations. The first is, cause your face to shine. Um, Almost our greatest fear our greatest dread would be if the Lord were to withdraw His presence. His presence and His face kind of come together. His, is, along with face, there's the word shine, cause your face to shine on us. Our brightest hope, our most radiant dream, is the prospect of God causing His face to shine on us, it's the prospect of his return to us. In the darkest times of Israel's history, the only thing she really needed was the light of her shepherd's countenance. The other part of that phrase is, we shall be saved. So when we're looking at these quotations from the Old Testament, To be saved here means to be rescued from the assaults of hostile nations. The important thing to note is that the poet or the writer of those words was sure that Israel had only one defense and that defense, that sole defense, their only hope was God. And they believed that one gleam of his face would shrivel up the strongest foes." So the psalmists, the prophets, they're very well aware that the only possible hope that they have is God. Uh, If we look at the history of the chosen people, Noah was saved in the flood. He didn't save himself. Daniel was cast into the lion's den, and he was saved. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were cast into the fiery hot furnace, and they were saved in the fire by someone who appeared a fourth person who looked like a son of God. The fascinating thing to note is that none of these people were saved by God from their problem. Noah still had to live through the flood. Daniel was still in the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were still in the fire. They were not saved from their problem. They were saved in their problems. These people the psalmist is begging for here may be in captivity, but God can deal with them in captivity possibly even better than he could have dealt with them when they were having no problems. And this kind of leads me to think about the apostles after uh, Jesus had died on Calvary, those three days, that first week after his resurrection, when they themselves felt that they were lost, that they were in the fiery furnace of guilt, um, that they were um, in, lost in a flood, in a storm of emotion and, and fear, and not knowing where to turn, when um, they felt they had been cast into the lion's den because of what they had done, that they were now alone. Um, and so this, this prayer, Lord, make us turn to you. Let us see your face, and we shall be saved." Could very well have been on the lips of the apostles um, as they hid. They hid from um, being found. They didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know if they would be safe. They only knew that they couldn't do anything and that they needed God to save them in their problems. At Christmas time, when we think of these words um, and the way God, we're calling God to, to remember his people. And we talk also at Christmas time about the wondrous exchange whereby Christ taking our nature divinizes us, divinizes us. But in Lent, in Easter, in the mystery of of the Paschal love of Jesus for us, we see that that wondrous exchange was also, in some sense, a horrible exchange because of what it cost him. And we can see that cost in his wounded face. In Isaiah 53, these words, um, There is no beauty in Him, nor comeliness. And we have seen Him, and there was no sightliness, that we should be desirous of Him. In Psalm 21, But I am a worm and no man, the reproach of men and the outcast of the people. There are times when we might be hiding in the dark when we might be tossed about on the sea of our emotions, when we have to deal with big, haunting questions. And then there are those times when the big questions sear deeply into our identity. They seem to shake our consciousness. They tear our hearts with guilt. They're questions that toss us about with fear and doubt and loneliness. It is almost as if the big questions seem to be dealing with us. We might even stay up at night wondering where we fit in God's plan. Questions haunt us like, Who am I? What is the purpose of my life? How will I go on from here? When we are haunted by big questions, It is like the Apostles after Calvary's sorrow, and the collapse of their hope, when rumors suddenly swirled that some had seen Jesus alive. How they must have longed to see once again the face of their beloved Master, and yet also, perhaps, they felt their heart shrink in the uncertainty of what his eyes would say to their hearts. We too long to see his face. We too long to see his face, that we might be saved. St. Teresa, the little flower, in her humility had a profound devotion to the holy face. In one of her prayers, she says, O Jesus, who in thy cruel passion This become the reproach of men and the man of sorrows. I worship thy divine face. Once it shone with the beauty and sweetness of the divinity. But now, for my sake, it is become as the face of a leper. Yet, in that disfigured countenance, I recognize thy infinite love and I am consumed with the desire of making thee loved by all mankind. In 1936, the first year of the Spanish Civil War, our Lord spoke to Blessed Maria Pierina Di Micheli. She was a religious sister who was um, an Italian from around Milan, but belonged to a religious congregation known as the Daughters of the Immaculate Conception of Buenos Aires. The message she received from Jesus in 1936 was one of reparation. And this time our Lord commanded a medal to be struck. He said to Sister Maria Pierina, I will that my face, which reflects the intimate pains of my spirit, the suffering and the love of my heart be more honored. He who meditates upon me consoles me. Every time that my face is contemplated, I will pour my love into the hearts of men and women, and through my holy face will be obtained the salvation of many souls. St. Alphonsus de Liguori wrote in one of his meditations on the Sixth Station of the Cross, Jesus, thy face was beautiful before, but in this journey it has lost all its beauty, and wounds and blood have disfigured it. Alas, my soul also was once beautiful, when it received thy grace in baptism, but I have disfigured it since by my sins. Thou alone, my Redeemer, canst restore it to its former beauty. Do this by Thy passion, O Jesus. Show Thy face and cause me to be saved. The 40 days of Easter before the ascension for the apostles were like a process of education. Amazingly, Jesus doesn't engage the apostles on a level of emotion. We knew they had tremendous fear, perhaps guilt, um, perhaps uncertainty, uh, unknowing, um, not knowing who they were what was going to go on and happen after this, that everything they had given their life for for three years seemed to have been snapped away from them in three hours. But in those 40 days, Jesus became their guide through the complexities of their heart. He helped them understand the events that left them fearing what could be God's plan. To them, Jesus asserts the authority and the gentle power of his presence in the words so often said to them, Do not be afraid, do not be afraid, it is I. For 40 days, Jesus engages his apostles and disciples who are astonished at God's way of acting in Christ now risen. For 40 days, Jesus leads them on this process in which they learn to mistrust themselves. They learn to mistrust their interpretation of events, and they learn to mistrust their own self-evaluation of who they are before God. Instead, they become convinced of the reasons for their faith A faith so strong that they would give their every moment and eventually their very life, witnessing to others who this Jesus is and what he had done for them. The Easter season teaches us anew that in our hearts we also have already risen with Christ and experienced something even now of the heavenly kingdom. In baptism, we have died with Christ, and have received an initial grace that is the point of departure of gradually intensifying experiences of grace through prayer and sacramental encounters with the risen Lord. Each time we receive the Eucharist, we are fed at the heavenly banquet it is true that this interior glory still mostly hidden within us will burst forth only in the eschaton. These days, may we learn the Easter lesson not to rely on our own experience, to trust God as our guide, and to let our souls continue in communion with God no matter what inner storms toss our hearts. Lord, make us turn to you, let us see your face, and we shall be saved.